White Sox, White Sox, go, 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 go. Call your sons, call your daughters. Holy cow. You can't put it on the board. Yes. Yes. It's a perfect game. Right after, grand slam. A White Sox winner and a world championship. Jimenez, he's your hero tonight. Thanks, Cubs. The dynamic duo of Herb Lawrence and Chris Tannehill. Those two are like a tag team, you know. Come with me to Southside of Chicago. Hi, this is Jim Tomey, and the best White Sox talk is on Locked On Sox Podcast with Tanny and Herb. Hello, and welcome back to Locked On Sox. My name is Herb Lawrence. You can follow me on Twitter. It is at Ecknerwall23, and Chris Tannehill is at Chris Tannehill on Twitter. And our show is at Locked On Sox on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Go there and subscribe. You can win a Locked on Socks t-shirt. Not the one I have on, on right now, if this is getting posted to YouTube, but it's a beautiful Locked on Socks, uh, Locked on shirt myself. And 312-566-8727 is the way you can reach us via voicemail. A lot of you guys sent in a voicemail tonight during the game. We appreciate that. Or LockedOnSocks at gmail.com for your email submissions without any further ado it is chris Tannehill on this evening when we play the baltimore orioles how you doing tonight oh the pit sandwich <laughs> yeah give me give me a crab chip um let me just quick follow up here about your shirts now you are a man who i've seen autograph a baseball for someone at a Sox game so if we can did get I? if we get yeah you did uh don't act like you don't remember um and if we can get more money or more subscribers or whatever just more shine for the show by you giving away your shirt then we're gonna do that so that's not off the table at this point so don't underscore the idea of you giving the people the shirt off your back so uh, I'm just gonna get put that out there in the ether happy Friday everyone happy Friday Bill Walton the White Sox win print the banner line up the parade Michigan Avenue on the Studge Turkle Bridge Division Street let's go locked on White Sox is brought to you today by Locker Room. Download the Locker Room app from the iOS App Store and find one of our Locked On Rooms. Locker Room, changing the way we talk sports. All right, Herbie, White Sox win it 5-1 to one last night over the Balmer Orioles. They improved their record to 29-20 and 20 on the year. There is some news here that occurred prior to the game. Um, some injury news here for the White Sox. They placed Michael Kopech on the bereavement list, which is, uh, yes, that is an odd thing, but uh, they've, they're able to game the system, which I did not think you could do in baseball. But the bereavement list allows a player to be on, uh, basically be out for no less than three days and no more than seven. So it's going to be a short trip uh, missing in action for Michael Kopech. I'm really surprised they were able to get away with that, but it is what it is. It's encouraging news considering where we were about 30 hours ago. Um, the White Sox purchased the contract of Ryan Burr from Class AAA Charlotte. He, uh, coming off the Tommy John surgery, welcome back to the show, Ryan Burr. And as someone pointed out on Twitter, Ryan Burr has played with two Hamiltons. And sorry for remember, you know, forgetting who pointed that out, but uh, here we go again with the Burr-Hamilton stuff. Uh, also, the White Sox transferred Luis Robert to the 60-day injured list, which is going to be retroactive to when he hurt himself. So I don't I don't know what that means. I would assume that maybe that's, that's a positive sign considering he's not on uh, crutches like we mentioned the other day. But we'll worry about him later. Also, Jace Fry is on a rehab assignment in Charlotte. So White Sox getting some bullpen help from the left-handed side with Jace Fry looking to come back soon. So, okay, now that that's out of the way, the housekeeping's out of the way, White Sox winners last night. 
five to one, as I mentioned. And uh, prior to this one getting started, it's a late night for us here tonight uh, as we record this on Thursday evening. But there was a little bit uh, of a rain delay, and uh, I don't know if you guys know about the White Sox. They they've got a, a, one of the best in the business uh, that's that's handling that stuff. That that. Tarp was off the field at game time, and then they put the tarp back on because apparently a rainstorm came out of nowhere. And I texted our guy Joe O uh, <laughs> because he's always one for White Sox rain delays when they're orchestrated by the best in the business. And the White Sox have one of the best ground screw guy in baseball, Roger Bozart. And he is the best. He is. He really is the best. So after a 19-minute rain delay, Herb, this one got rolling. And let's start where we always start, with the man on the mound, Dylan C. Six innings pitched, just four hits, only one run allowed, two walks, ten strikeouts for Dylon, 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 lowering his earned run average on the year to 2.98. What you like about Dylan C.'s last night? Man, and... He fell behind a couple of the hitters in the game and didn't care. Didn't give a damn. He went right back to the to the pitch that he was trying to execute the pitch before. I saw what was a slider that was on the inside corner that made it. Uh, I think it was uh, 2-2. He tried to get a slider on the inside corner on one of the hitters. I think it was Santander, and it missed, and he went right back to the well. And he's like, okay, I know this is premium. I just missed it by a little bit. He's going to swing on missing this this one, and he did it. And I think another one, it was like a filthy left-handed batter's box slider that he had tried with a right-handed hitter, and he didn't bite on the two-strike, I think, 2-2 count, and he went right back to it in 3-2. And just challenging these guys. He's like, I'm not going to walk you guys like I used to. He had two walks tonight, but it wasn't because he wasn't trying to not challenge these guys. He was like, okay, this is Baltimore. Put it in front of them and see if they can do anything with it. And only one hitter did anything with his uh, stuff, and that was Freddie Galvis. But otherwise, he was out there battling and saying to Baltimore, hit if you can. That I think it was a 3-2 fastball where the guy just took it straight down the middle and and Dylan just pimped off like he knew it was not going to get hit. That's the confidence that he needs to have on the mound every time, thinking that he's facing teams like Baltimore or or Detroit, or whoever, you know, whatever uh, team you want to say, oh, it was this team. He's faced some better teams, and he's uh, he's battled and kicked their ass, too. So this guy looks like the real deal out there. Maybe he's not a top-of-the-rotation guy as of yet. You know, these, these numbers look good. His confidence looks good. He looks the part. But I, if we're going to the playoffs, I still would want other people in front of him. But I can see in this future a uh, top-of-the-rotation type of starter if they keep this type of effort going. Wow, that's uh, high praise there. And, you know, you talked about just, you know, just get out there and throw, man. Like, it sounds easier than it actually is because we've been waiting on this for years. And, and it's been something – it's been a long time coming for Dylan Cease. But there it is, man. I mean, people say he has could have the best stuff – the pure stuff on the White Sox pitching staff, and there it is on full display last night. It's one of those situations where just if you get it over the plate, they can't touch you. That's always been the thing, spotting that fastball. And if you spot that fastball correctly, it'll set up everything else, and they can't hit it. Even when it's in the zone, they can't hit it. We'll get to some of those swings and miss numbers in a second here. But in the first inning, he got into a bit of a jam but was able to escape, and I think that was huge because you wanted to avoid the Dylan Cease thing where he goes bad and all of a sudden he racks up the pitch count and you know it gives up, he loses focus and, and gives up – 
a run or two here or there, and then things kind of just snowball. But he, uh, you know, he's, he's growing up out there, and he's able to get out of that first inning. And then in the fifth inning, he started to use that high fastball a little bit uh, to to get ahead and put hitters away. And what I liked about what Dylan Cease did last night is he used all his pitches uh, as as out pitches. He he got some on the slider, got some on the on the fastball, and even some on the changeup. But you know he was able to use that changeup effectively. All pitches like in, in and around the zone, which makes it really hard to hit Dylan Cease. And sixth inning for me was huge for him. First two guys get on, and he ends up going full on DJ Stewart, and he threw a great pitcher's pitch on 2-2, didn't get the call, but you know he didn't lament on that, not getting the call on a close pitch, ends up getting Stewart to uh, fly out weakly on that changeup. And then, of course, he saves his best for last, striking out Wilkerson on that filthy, filthy slider for his 10th strikeout of the night. Uh, going for a career-high 111 pitches last night for Dylan Cease, and how much did he make guys swing and miss? It was 29 swings and misses for Dylan Cease. That's tied for second most in White Sox history. Uh, he ties Chris Sale back in Damn. 2015. So when you're up there with Chris Sale uh, doing a White Sox pitching stats, that's pretty good. And number one, uh, most pitches and misses for in White Sox history since the StatCast era uh, began in 08. That was Lucas Giolito's no-hitter last year. He had 30 swings and misses. Um, but the White Sox pitching staff, starters getting it done, man. Uh, ten, you know, outings of 10-plus strikeouts. This from Chris Kampka. Dodgers and White Sox each uh, have 10 outings apiece of having their starters go 10 punch-outs, and then the Rays are at 8. So the White Sox are tied with the Dodgers for number one in all of baseball, number one in the American League for most 10 strikeout appearances from their starters. So that's good. That's a good sign right there. You look at that, you look at run differential, the things that usually indicate success in today's modern game, and there you have it. Uh, Bullpen does the job really nicely Mm -hmm. tonight. You know, we were texting about this. This is one of uh, two times I was wrong tonight, and we'll get to, to this. But in the seventh inning, I texted Herb, and I said, man, I, I still don't know what Tony's plan is for the bullpen. Like, he's the, the pioneer, the innovator of everyone has their roles and everyone has their innings. And this was going to be the first night that we saw a bullpen with a clean 7-8-9 with the Sox having a lead. Um, and we'll talk to you about how you, they got to that lead in a second. But the seventh inning, Evan Marshall comes out, and I'm texting Herb like, what's going on here? And I'm not totally down on Evan Marshall. He's had a bit of a rough go lately, but he did go to uh, Codify. He, he sought out some help from them. So I, you know, you're starting to see maybe some of those principles uh, take effect because he looked really good uh, tonight. He, he finished off the uh, seventh to McKenna with that filthy uh, mm-hmm. change up uh, to the uh, opposite uh, side batter's box. And then uh, we saw, you know, we were texting about Evan Marshall as well because I was thinking maybe he would go bummer, Hoyer, Hendricks had the lead stayed the same. It ends up being Marshall, bummer, and Matt Foster because they ended up getting uh, out of a safe situation. But yeah, this is one of the few times we haven't seen it a lot, Herb, that. You have this clean seven eight nine, so I was waiting to see what Tony was going to do, and he he, he threw a, a little change up at us, so to speak. And then Evan Marshall was out there throwing change ups to him. I think this is part of his grand scheme to get different guys used to different roles, so everyone's pretty much comfortable in whatever situation they're thrust in. Because with injuries and things like that, and, and the bullpen and disarray right now, I think that he just wants to get guys used to these spots, and also showing trust in the guys like. Evan Marshall's been a bit of a rough ride lately, so he throws him back out there. What'd you make of the seven eight nine setup tonight with the the bullpen? I think I'm getting what Tony's doing. He 
throws Jose Ruiz out there for high leverage situations all the time. Like you threw him out there the other day and Ruiz didn't come through. I think he's just testing, especially versus teams that are not of high quality. The Baltimore Orioles, I think this is their 10th loss in a row, eighth, eighth or ninth or 10th loss in a row. So he's like in a oh, row. Yeah, I think they've lost <laughs> no, a no, lot they in have, a row. Yeah. Oh, yeah, <laughs> so no, a Dick's in a row. I got you. <laughs> I can't say it. Damn it. Sorry, yeah. Tegna. You let it slip. Give me that money. Um, so he's it's like, okay, yes, Foster failed earlier in Seattle and where I threw him for 35 pitches, but that might have been mostly on me, and that's why his numbers don't look awesome this year. So I'm going to throw him out there in the ninth. Same thing with Marshall. But as you were saying, that changeup where it starts like in the middle of the plate and just falls off to the other batter's box, was back. That's what the Evan Marshall we saw all of last year, filthy. And uh, Bummer, same thing. He looked like the guy that we've seen all last year and uh, coming th- through in 19. That slider was back last night. That That's mm-hmm. the difference right there. Uh, we were wondering mm-hmm. what, you know, the depth on the slider, I think Stone was saying, it had depth to it last night. I think that's what was missing from Bummer's arsenal there. And certainly the Orioles without Trey Mancini, uh, he exits the game early. But, you know, that was, it was good to see that Aaron Bummer. That's what we were talking about on yesterday's mm-hmm. show. That's the Aaron Bummer that we want to see out there. Yeah, because that makes that fastball, which is usually straight, but it's 97. It makes it that much more difficult because you're like, okay, is this the slider coming in on my hands if you're a right-hander? Or is this the 97-mile-per-hour fastball? And then by the time you figure it out, it's too late. If he doesn't have the slider command and is not breaking to your back foot, you just sit on that fastball and crush it. I forgot who did it yesterday, who hit that home run off of yesterday or two days ago, but the slider last night was filthy. It was back Edmund, to where was it that was. Ed, Edmund again? It was, first, it was Tommy yeah. Edmund. Edmund. Um, so each of those guys got two strikeouts apiece in their one in, innings of work each. So it's good to see the bullpen coming through. Yeah, it's Baltimore, but hell, if they would have gave up runs, you'd be like, oh, they gave up runs to Baltimore. Yeah. You have to go against whoever is on the schedule, and it's good to see that the White Sox pitching staff is continuing to do good things in the month of May and mostly all year long. And then Matt Foster comes in and uh, and closes it out uh, in the non-safe situation and scares us all after that play that uh, mm. Jose Abreu. I mean, it just yeah. there's always something in these games, man. It's someone going down or making you his heart skip a beat there. But I feel like you know, in Junior Soprano when he when he gets the phone call, you know, he's Jesus. Who now? <laughs> you know, like that's what it's like with with the Sox uh, injuries lately. But Evan, uh, but uh, Matt Foster is able to get out of it. Jose seems to be okay. Maybe he'll get. Uh, uh, I don't think he'll be uh, sitting against the uh, the dark night uh, tonight, but uh, you know I think he he'll be he'll be fine. He yeah. should sit out tonight and rest <laughs> up for the real challenge, which I think is John Means on Saturday. That's yeah. the guy that everybody on the White Sox, all the top players, need to be back for that matchup. No sitting out that day. Timmy's back. Yeah, Abreu's back. Everybody's back. Your Means in there. Put put uh, Yasmani at second again. I'll be awesome. And Nick Magical starting to hit. Let's let's get it. Yeah, man. And uh, Ta with another off day yesterday. That's two days in a row. That's good. He he's earned it, man. And I and I think I like the the thought process there. Is that you know if you can't beat the Orioles with that pitching matchup out there, although 
you know, uh, the, the lefty going for the Orioles last night. I mean, you know, Zimmerman. He looked good early. Zimmerman, he looked good early. After that first, uh, after what he did to Madrigal in the first bat of the game, I was like, ooh, <laughs> a little better stuff than I thought. Uh, but uh, if you couldn't beat these guys without TA, I don't, I don't know what to do for you. Uh, let's and get- especially when um, Dylan Cease hit, Dylan Cease hit um, Mancini with that ball, and then Mancini went out at the bottom of the first. You went from a guy with a 900 OPS to a guy in Valleca with almost a 500 OPS. So you're losing that big-time bat of Mancini, one of the top RBI guys in the league, and a great story because he beat cancer. And um, it's great to see him on the field again. He was one of the young, up-and-coming guys, and then a couple years ago got cancer and came back this year after uh, it's in remission. Uh, offense does just enough to get it done tonight, but you mentioned the guy. I'm on a mission for dime pieces and sexy ladies. Allow me to introduce you to my... You mean Mercedes! 1954, how about that? Mercedes unloads! A close line for a lead! Do not blink! Told you, the ball goes in the air. It's going out of the ballpark, and... That's probably one of those 3-0 pitches you really like to see. Now, when when your mean got up 2-0 in that count, uh, full disclosure, I got in my car, and I live on the northwest side. I am not close to the ballpark, but I got in my car, and I tried to get there in time, Herb, uh, by the time it hit 3-0 so I can get out there and yell, take, 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 take. I tried my hardest <laughs> to get down there. You saw, you saw him already getting ready to hit on 3-0, right? Yeah, exactly. I only made it to, to the to the stoplight here at the corner of on Foster. Uh, but, you know, it just I, I couldn't get there in time. Uh, unfortunately, you know, for the, the unwritten rules, I, I, I couldn't get there. But uh, yes, your mean was 3-0 swinging despite me screaming take, take, take from my car. Uh, that one, uh, 116.8 miles an hour off the bat. Uh, that's fourth best in the league this year behind Shohei Otani, Vlad Jr., and Aaron Judge. And all that talk we had, and your mean contributed uh, a little later on in the ballgame as well, but all that talk we had yesterday about your mean uh looking out of sorts ever since the incident in minnesota there's nothing like uh, the orioles pitching staff to come on through for you and uh, provide an opportunity for you to get right back and it was good to see him in the dugout smiling after that home run yeah and the lefty should have known i mean he has a filthy uh change up right there he should have been throwing that ball anywhere but where he but where he threw that ball your mean was looking dead red and he murdered that ball just a uh hang some hemp on that one i'll tell you what just straight and guess what nbc sports chicago's own tony gill was there right there and he did not catch the ball he was uh, about a couple rows in front of where that ball landed so he almost got killed it was good that my guy (laughs) tony is still alive tony fish good job so your mean like these Orioles, it's the best thing for his bat to continue to be the bat that we've seen most of the year, a little struggling. And I think that was due to people adjusting to him and also some of that Tony Larusa backlash. So if he can just go through and kill the dark night tonight, 
and do whatever he needs to do. I don't know if he'll get a full, uh, if he'll play tonight, because I know Tony likes to mess with lineups, and since it's a right-hander, we'll see, like, Jake Lamb <laughs> so, in there for some oh, damn reason. Oh, well, no, I love Jake Lamb. Because we haven't seen Jake Lamb in a long time, man. No, I love Jake Lamb, as you all know. I hope, he's, uh, hope he calls us. But, yeah, you don't forget... Don't sleep on your mean and in the revenge factor on the Orioles. People forget oh, yeah. uh, that he was a Baltimore Oriole. They're the ones that let him go and a lot of them be picked up in that Rule 5 draft by the White Sox. Three RBI tonight, two hits for your mean. Also getting the job done uh, in uh, getting the game-winning hit in the sixth inning. And mm-hmm. there, here's number two, uh, the time that I was wrong. The second time I was wrong last night was I texted you with runners uh, on first and second and Billy Hamilton up there. And I did this sort of, uh, I'm not, you know, I'm an idiot. I'm a baseball fool, but I I did feel like if I put it out into the universe and by universe, I mean just to you in the text thread, I said, Billy Hamilton with his 220 OBP is going to get a chance to hit here. And as soon as the text went out into the universe, he gets that base hit up the middle. Uh, ball had eyes on it. Sox uh, get the 2-1 lead, and that's all they needed really at that point. But there we go, Billy Hamilton coming through, man. I don't know what to say. His cheering section was out there, the voicemailer who hit us up last night. Yeah, man, he, he comes through in a spot there, and you know what What can you say? I was wrong about that, but uh, I mean, yeah. I, I, I get, we got to do better than that, though. <laughs> but being wrong is not because the results were favorable for our guys. It's, you know, we're process-oriented. That is probably the wrong move. You have many better hitters on that bench than Billy Hamilton. He shouldn't be hitting, and usually Tony will substitute him out for somebody else. In that regard, you would have saw your guy, Jake Lamb, there to get a ni- nice knock or walk or something like that. Yeah, just because he got a hit doesn't mean it was the right move for Tony to keep him in the game. So I don't think you were too much wrong right there. I would have moved. I would have moved on from Billy Hamilton. I, you know me. I don't want Billy Hamilton to ever be playing in my game unless it's a defensive replacement or a substitute runner. Sox bang out 12 hits last night. Uh, Danny Mendick with a hit. Billy Hamilton with the aforementioned hit. Leury with two hits. Andrew Vaughn with two hits. Yermin, two hits. Abreu with a hit. Yasmani did get a hit. And uh, Madrigal with two hits. Nick Madrigal, man. Mm-hmm. After after a, a non competitive at bat to start the game, like he just he got the rally started there in that big inning, man. He's just he's he's just been awesome lately, and you know we give him a lot of shit when he when he does poorly in the field or does a boneheaded mistake, but he's really I I you know hitting three oh six right now, and he's he's the real deal with the stick, man. Like I'm not like making a grand proclamation here, like just because I say it now it means it's finally true, but just all year, like he, his slumps don't last very long, man, and he's often been the spark to uh, some big innings, especially of late. Yeah, and there's an article by James Feagan of The Athletic that says that he tinkered some things with his feet, trying to get them more centered and more close to each other. Um, And that's been the key to his latest surge. Uh, The guy knows how to hit. That's 100%. The hit tool is a 70 out of 80. He can hit, 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 and hit some more. And it looks like all the rest of his game is kind of rounding out. You know, no dumb base mistakes today. Uh, the the throws were on time and crisp. So if he just does that, not anything spectacular in the outfield, doesn't need to be a stolen base threat. Just get on base. When a guy hits you to second base, get to second base and score from a second on a single. That's all we need you to do, Nick Magical. I don't know if I want him at the top of my lineup. 
he's hitting well right now. But if Tim comes back, I want him to be my leadoff hitter. And then, like I said before, it's either Mancata or Grandal, two or two, three for me. I think that's the White Sox best lineup when you have those two guys there, Abreu following, then Mercedes and Vaughn, whoever you want to put behind there, and then Madrigal being the eight or nine hitter to turn that lineup around. So you could have fully balanced lineup up and down, not just a top loaded lineup. Like today was kind of top loaded where you have the bottom three, just you know, Garcia, Hamilton and Mendick, not great hitters, but they did contribute. But if magical is your eight or nine hitter, turning that lineup over to Tim Anderson, Yoan Mancata and Grandal, mercy, let's go. Let's do some things. It's like another leadoff hitter to start that inning off. What do you say we check out some voicemails after a quick timeout? What do you think? I'm in for it. All right. We'll hear some voicemails next here on Locked on White Sox. This episode of Locked on White Sox is brought to you by our new friends at Lucy.co. Lucy is a nicotine company founded by Caltech scientists and former smokers looking for a better and cleaner nicotine alternative. And finally, tobacco alternatives that don't suck. Am I right? Lucy.co has been developed and researched for three years to be made for people, not patients. Lucy has created a nicotine gum with four milligrams of nicotine that comes in three flavors, wintergreen, cinnamon, and even pomegranate. Lucy even has a lozenge with four milligrams of nicotine that comes in three flavors, cherry ice, citrus, and mint. Lucy lozenges and gums are FSA and HSA eligible, so you can use your FSA cards to purchase Lucy now. Plus, it's convenient and discreet. Products can be enjoyed anywhere, on flights, at work, on the go, or even in the gym. Look, everyone has someone in their life who you want to get them away from cigarettes, and Lucy is the perfect introduction to do so. It's 2021. Get rid of cigarettes. Unplug the vape. Throw out your dip and get some Lucy nicotine gum or lozenges. This is the real deal. A subscription to Lucy comes directly to your door each month. It's so simple and you don't have to leave your house because Lucy has delivery down. And now the Lockdown MLB Network listeners have a great opportunity here. Go to lucy.co and use promo code LOCKDOWNMLB to get 20% off all products on your first order, including gum or lozenges. That's lucy.co and use promo code LOCKDOWNMLB at checkout. Also, I have to give this disclaimer. Warning, this product contains nicotine derived from tobacco nicotine is an addictive chemical lucy.co and be sure to use that promo code locked on mlb get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the locked on today podcast host peter bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts follow the locked on today podcast on the odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts all right let's check in and see what the peeps got to say tonight after a five to one victory last night over the orioles uh, hey, guys, it's Danny. <laughs> I don't know if you're watching this game. I'm in the – I actually went on to the concourse. I'm one of those guys that's been clapping. <laughs> Danny, I got a red hat on. Nah, dude, you just got a bubble. It's amazing. I, I'm telling you. Uh, uh, I've gotten, like, a couple of different groups to start clapping real loud. <laughs> it's been great. I got no. I got to take a piss, get a brat, and uh, get back to my seat right behind home plate. But uh, yeah, yeah, go Sox. 
You guys are doing a great job. Wow. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Danny. I mean, it was a great job getting the clapping going. You know, with the with the uh, ballpark not at full capacity, you really get to hear those claps, and it's not annoying at all. Um, but thank you for checking in, and thank you for getting the rally started. Uh, I mean, and taking time, yeah. You know, after you stop clapping, going up to the concourse, and then giving us a call. <laughs> Busy. Like, you know what? I'm stop clapping. I'm gonna go give him a call. Three one two five six six eight seven two seven. Sorry, but my, where are my manners? I didn't uh, let the people know how they can get a hold of us, but you just did. That's why you're a professional. You should pursue mm-hmm. a career in radio. All right, let's check in with the six three zero and see what's going on there. Sorry, guys. This is Josh from Ohio. Um, I was driving uh, home, listening to the game on the MLB app, and um, thing at home was able to watch it. But um, I don't think we. Uh, we I don't think there's anybody else in baseball who has a better broadcasting unit than the White Sox right now. I think our radio broadcast is is, is top notch, and then the, our our TV broadcast has been great the last couple of years. I, I just yeah no, and it's uh, it's fun. We're starting to hit again. Uh, uh, your means hitting, and uh, Andrew's hitting. Love it. Yeah, man. Good vibes. Thank you, Joshua. And I, I could not agree more. I, I, you know, sample mostly TV, but on the weekends, I'm doing a lot of radio, listening to Len. You know, we, you know, DJ is like one of our favorite people in the world. And we of know course. he's always, always bringing it. But Len is settling in nicely. And it's just, it's a fun, comfortable listen. And Stone and, and Jason Benetti just have their own thing going. And uh, it was a funny thing that happened in that game last night where they were talking about your mean apparently let Lucas Giolito rock his chain, which is, I don't know what happened there. I don't know if your mean like was maybe just for vibes or luck because he was sporting that chain. It was like, you know, uh, you know the Ghostface Killer line. Uh, you know medallions the size of dinner plates, like the like the the big circular medallion that he had going for a while there. You'd occasionally see it pop out of the jersey. It was absent from his person last night, and Lucas Giolito was wearing it. And Jason and Stone were talking about it, and Steve Stone talks about how it looks like it was something from Raiders of the Lost Ark too. Um, you know that was good stuff right there. But what did you think of uh, Lucas getting to wear the ice tonight? And Ta was bored on the bench uh, checking it out. Yeah, I think uh, you know when um, uh, it was a Goodfellas and the Lufthansa heist, and yeah. what's that guy comes in with his pink Cadillac, his wife's got the nice fur coat, and Jimmy Conway's like, "What the fuck, man?" You know, <laughs> I told you not know? to buy nothing. Yeah, and so that's what I'm feeling like. Lucas is like, "Hey, man, yeah, you you became a little successful. You got a little shine on you, but hey, keep it keep it real, keep it real, man. I'm gonna confiscate that." I'm taking it all back. He he took the chain off of his neck, just like uh, uh, Jimmy Conway took the fo- <laughs> the mink off of the, his wife's uh, back. It's Johnny Rose, Johnny Rose beef of Goodfellas. Yeah, we know yeah. what happened to him, and uh, that's what I think would happen. That's exactly what I think would happen. Lucas, like, no, nah, you can't wear this until you know you earn this. You you got a couple hits, enjoy yourself, but now you're slumping. Get out of here. Yeah, it was great. You can see I, I tweeted a little video. I just did a little video production. Got and, a little uh, shine, too. Yeah, Pitching Ninja uh, retweeted it after I, I tagged uh, him in it because I said I want to see some Giolito chain mechanics. Oh, trying to, I'm trying to get the old Pitching Ninja interview for the show on the during the All-Star break week. Uh, I'm trying to get that follow from old Rob Friedman. I, I suppose I could just reach out to him and, and see what happens, but I'm trying to get establish a little something here. But he did retweet, so thank you very much, Pitching Ninja, if you want to see that video. Also, you can go to the 
uh, Locked On Sox Twitter or my Twitter account as well. Um, let's see what else we have checking in here. Uh, voicemails. You know, oh, it's Paul Correct checking in once again. Hey there, fellas. Paul Correct. Long time no talk. Um, just finished watching Thursday night's game. Dylan Cease. Apparently, he's a legitimate pitcher. He went six innings and over 100 pitches. That was great. Um, not so sure. I just watched Matt Foster pitch again. Yeah, I guess whenever Matt Foster pitches, I always think of that, uh, I think, what is the, I think it's Wedding Crashers, the, the Will Ferrell. I, I never know what he's doing. So I never know, yeah, I never know what she's doing. I never know what he's doing. He hits a guy in the leg, throws a ball in the dirt, strikes out a guy. I don't know. It feels like, like, he was Cliff Polite last year, but only for 60 games in a 60 day season. Anyway, good win. Looking good. Um, I'm really getting tired of the whole, uh, guy, uh, people in the stands, when you throw to first, you don't boo. Just enough. That's enough of that. It's a part of the game. Oh, boo. You're making us look bad on television, White Sox fans, at the, at the actual game. Wouldn't Stop be the first time. <laughs> Stop doing it. Also, the same goes for the weird clappers and the wind trust scout seats tonight. Yeah, okay, great. Yeah, you're really changing the game with all your clapping. Uh, outside of that, I would just say, I don't know um, about uh, Billy Hamilton, but, you know, he looks great. And so, you know, Herb, you really got to stop being so hard, hard on Billy Hamilton. <laughs> clearly, Herb, that is not Kenny. Um, and the last thing I'll say to you, Herb, is uh, mustaches are fantastic. No, they're not. Okay? Nope. You said a couple episodes ago. <laughs> they're terrible. Don't be, don't be, I mean, Adam Eaton's a jag. <laughs> Danny Mendick, his last name is Mendick. Yep. Uh, okay. Either way, mustaches aren't that bad. Uh, and apparently, Juan Moncada is not garbage. It's Nick Offerman. Love the pod, guys. Keep up the good work. Hopefully, uh, you know, we get some more Jake Lamb stuff. I mean, who knows? Who knows? Yeah. Um, great point. It was great to have. I like the fair and balanced conversation we were having today because you had the people that started the clapping call and then you had someone not in favor of the clapping. So I like that. We're getting all points of view here. Uh, it's it's what we've all dreamed of. It's uh, it's a, the, the discourse is real. Um, but yeah, that's uh, Paul Correct checking in. Uh, as always, we appreciate Paul's call. And uh, we, what were we referencing before the show, before Paul even called, that we said, I never know what he's doing. <laughs> I, I forgot what we were talking about, but that's great. Um, there is one more, uh, given that the Orioles are in town. Uh, there is one more uh, question coming in here. Alice Sweet from Norfolk wants to know the best time to put in a tomato plant. Alice Sweet ought to be worried about where the fuck her next lay's coming from <laughs> rather than where her next goddamn tomato plant's coming from. If she'd get her ass out to fucking bars at night and go hustling around the goddamn street, she might get a prick stuck in her once in a while. I don't understand where these questions are coming from, Tom. That's about it from Manager's Corner. 
go fuck yourself in the fuck with your show coming up next on the Baltimore Oreo Baseball Fucking Network. Oh, man, they slipped in again. What, what am I going to do? Sorry, Techno. <laughs> oh, good boy. The great Earl Weaver, uh, former manager of the Orioles. Uh, whenever the Orioles are in town, you got to roll out old Earl Weaver. And don't get me started on team speed. Uh, but thank you to everyone checking in. I could use uh, some emails here uh, for this weekend, and we'll get to that in a second. Uh, but we're going to take a quick time out and we'll preview, uh, we'll wrap up the week here and we'll preview next week's uh, shows here on Locked on White Sox. This episode of Locked on White Sox is brought to you by Wealthfront. You know, stonks, memes, rocket ships, day trading can be a lot of fun, but if you want to grow your long-term wealth and make it to the moon, you should open up a Wealthfront investment account today. Wealthfront can create a portfolio of globally diversified, low-cost index funds personalized just for you in minutes. No manual trades, no picking stocks, no watching the stock market every day. They automatically handle all the investing based on preferences that you control. Wealthfront can even help you lower the taxes you pay as you invest. For the average client, their tax-loss harvesting can more than cover the low annual 0.25% advisory fee. Best of all, it's automatic. Weatherfront is trusted with over $20 billion of assets, and you can get your first $5,000 managed for free by going to Wealthfront.com slash MLB. That's Wealthfront.com slash MLB. All you need to get started is 500 bucks. Grow your wealth the easy way and let Wealthfront do the work for you. To get your first $5,000 managed slash MLB to start growing your savings, go to Wealthfront.com slash MLB and get started today. This episode of Locked on White Sox is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar, you guys know, it's the best tasting protein bar ever. A little health and fitness update for you guys and gals. I am down about 16 pounds since February, thanks to Built Bar. You see, I gave up sweets a while back, and I needed something to replace those sweets because I will never get rid of my sweet tooth, I don't imagine. So Built Bars are perfect because they're always covered in 100% chocolate, and they are packed with protein, they're low carb and low sugar, so my mind and my taste buds both think that I'm eating a candy bar, which in essence I am, but it's actually a built bar. They're not pumped with sugar like those candy bars and other protein bars on the market. And they've got a variety of different flavors. They've got coconut, coconut almond, cherry, raspberry, mint brownie, peanut butter brownie, double chocolate, and salted caramel. As a matter of fact, Herb and I just ordered a couple of boxes for the office just today, as a matter of fact. We ordered 36 in total, 218 packs. I said, Herb, what's your favorite flavor for the office here? And he said, Tanny, give me peanut butter brownie. So I did. And what did I get for myself? One of my favorite flavors, cookies and cream. And you got to go to BuiltBar.com now and sign up for their email and text list. And that way they'll let you know when a new flavor is back in stock. That's how I got my coconut brownie chunk. And that's how you can get birthday cake with sprinkles. No joke. It's a really good flavor, but they run out fast. So you got to go to builtbar.com now. And when you do, do what we did today. We used our own promo code today, promo code LOCKED15. That's going to get you 15% off your order at builtbar.com. I'm telling you, if you're like me and you've got the sweet tooth, these really help curb those cravings. They're packed with protein. Your average Built Bar has about 17 grams of protein. So they fill you up without all the sugar. BuiltBar.com, promo code LOCK15. That's Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar ever. All right, wrapping up our Friday edition of Lockdown White Sox. It's been another really fun week, and I'm glad they were able to get last night's game in. I was worried we were going to only have four shows this week. Uh, I'm going out 
to the game tonight with my dad for the first time this season. So the first time in two years I'll be at a game with uh, with my pops. Looking forward to that. Um, I don't think I'll be rocking my Ed Farmer jersey uh, mm. that I paid a pretty penny for over at Grandstand because the, we- the weather's going to be so trash. Yeah. Like I could rock it with a hoodie underneath, but it's going to be raining too. So I'm going to have to wear the Are rain. you going to rock wear that White Sox uh like uh, hoodie slash whatever that is, Danny got you. Um, with the that's the white socks on it. That the only way that would work is if I threw it over like my rain jacket because like that one's a little light. It's a little too comfortable. So okay. my I, I want to get out there and, and represent the Ed Farmer jersey, but uh, I think the weather's just going to be too bad, and I don't want to get it all muddy and dirty and, and crummy. Uh, so maybe Saturday I'll be out there Saturday as well. So I'm looking forward to. Uh, getting out there for the first time in two years. Apparently, elotes are back. I, I'm looking forward to that oh so much. But you, and sir. And it's cashless, too, sir. Oh, just. Finally. You don't have to pay. You have to <laughs> find money in cash for damn elotes. Yeah. Sorry, Bank of America. That's who ran the uh, the ATMs there, right? At, on the, on uh, 35th and Shields inside the ballpark was at Bank of America. Uh, they'd, mm-hmm. always, they'd always get me uh, for, for a transaction or two at the ballpark just so I can get the elotes and the program. So that's good. That's one of the, the hidden blessings to come out of this. Finally, cashless. And I saw our guy Brendan was at a Mets game uh, yesterday, and he had the the photo of uh, – he did his own little meme, our guy Brendan, where he said uh, taking cash to a, a baseball game these days is like this. And it was the photo of, uh, of Itchy and Scratchy Land. It's like itchy, <laughs> itchy bucks are not accepted here, like on every possible side. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> <laughs> it was a great tweet, but uh, looking forward to getting out there. But you, sir, are, you're you're getting out there too. Uh, you'll be at the ballpark this weekend, but not the one we're thinking of. Yeah, friends, I'm going to check off the Chase Field. I guess it's called in Arizona. I'm not a big fan of Arizona. You know, Arizona, big time, uh, hot place, and also scorpions and rattlesnakes and, and members of the ter- scorpions. Yeah, and terrible people. So we're no allergies, to, though. No allergies when I go out there. So I don't. Yeah, don't slouch on Arizona. But like a lot of trash out there. I don't know. <laughs> I'm going to just go to the premium spots that people told me about um, and then not go to you know, not be outside too much because it's going to be 100 degrees each of the days there. Yes, I know it's a dry heat, but I'm me and I sweat no matter what. So I'll be out there for Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday, enjoying some Arizona sun and are you guys, uh, you, my hotel are you, room. Are you visiting anyone out there? You're just going just to. Uh, I barely know anybody out there. Is a former score employee, Chris Warden, lives out there, uh, and I, I probably know other people like acquaintances, but not anybody of any relatives or close friends who live in Arizona because it's a terrible state. Okay, just venture now for one of the one of the worst states in the union. Just venture now for the territories, huh? Well, brother, I've been there. Uh, so you know that is going to be an exciting thing for you. Uh, congratulations on checking off a new ballpark. I am taking one for the team this year. Uh, I could easily check off a new ballpark, but I'm, we're checking off PNC again for the third time, which is fine by me. I just I'm looking forward to getting to the home ballpark this weekend. So that means I'll be doing. One, maybe two shows solo, so apologies in advance, but that means I could Those use be great shows. Now nah, I could use some uh some interaction with you guys, the locked on White Sox listeners. I want you guys to come through with those emails, with those voicemails. Tell the folks out there listening how they can get a hold of us on the email and the voicemail so I can engage with the people and recap uh hopefully a four game sweep of the Orioles. It is locked on socks at gmail.com to send Chris or me an email or 
312-566-8727 to leave him a voice message like our guy Paul Correct just did. It was a great one. Or the clapping guy on the concourse. He's awesome, too. Or if you want to be, uh, if you're Jake Lamb out there, want to be it's the actual Jake Lamb. If you're Jake Lamb who's listening to this podcast, 312-566-8727 to leave a voice message for us. Yeah, so I would appreciate if you guys uh, touch base with me, and I'll, I'll, I'll reach out and touch you back if you uh, allow me to. And I'm looking forward to that. And uh, you have a safe trip because I will not see you at work today because you're you're taking off, right? And the I am taking off while this is going on. When you're listening, it's probably uh, noon o'clock. I'll be <laughs> in the air. To by the time I get to Arizona, you guys will be done with this episode. But Chris Tannehill. You left out the big lead. You're going to these two games these uh-huh. next two days. Yeah. And you might be getting Tim Anderson bobblehead doll. <laughs> Your shit. Don't shh, don't tell people that they're Oh, I forgot. One. It's Tim Anderson bobblehead day and everybody wants to go now. It's not going to get one now. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I, you know, the world is healing. Nature is healing because for some reason, uh, bobbleheads could not be distributed because of COVID. There's a lot of weird shit that happened. It was, be, it was on the be, bobblehead. Because, yeah, that's, that's yeah, there's a lot of weird shit going on with COVID. Like, one entrance at my local jewel here was closed for an entire year because COVID. I don't understand these things. It should be I'm, both. It should I, be one should be an entrance, one should be an exit. I'm, on, I'm, I'm not, uh, yeah, I'm not a scientist or an epidemiologist. But, yeah, the TA bobblehead for the first 10,000 fans both Friday and Saturday. So I'm going to both games not because of that. That's just how, you know, they announced the bobbleheads like recently, so I'd already bought the tickets. So I'm looking forward to getting one at least. And I told my guy, My Sock Summer, he's Mr. Bobblehead. Like, you know, he'll DM me and show me pics of his bobblehead collection because that's what grown men do out here in these streets. <laughs> he's got some nice ones, so, man. He's got, the he's got like, his Illini section. Like, it would make you want to, like, start really collecting bobbleheads mm. if you saw his Illini collection. Uh, so really. if he gets there early enough, you know, he's got, he's got a bunch of kids and he's got a bunch of tickets and season tickets, so he's going to try to set one aside for me if I can't get one. Uh, tonight but uh, hopefully i do get there in time so i'll be heading over there right from work but yeah man it'd be good to get a new bobblehead uh, this my this is ridiculous though this is i love the concept of the ta bat flip bat toss bobblehead but i've already got mm-hmm. a ta bobblehead we've got but it is a weird one because it's he's sliding in the 83 jerseys you know which is a weird thing but so now finally we get ta and the bat flip celebrating that moment but so far no lucas bobblehead no yoan bobblehead and i know the, i think those things were planned for last year so i think we're going to see those rolled out by the end of the year but yeah it'll be it'll be cool to go out and be a child and eat a low taste and get a bobblehead so i'm looking forward to getting out there and uh, you have a safe fun trip out there in the desert and uh I'm going to have, uh, hopefully, uh, a nice afternoon with uh, the Cubs not getting rained out. And hopefully we can uh, get a game in on Friday night on the south side with me and my dad and uh, on Saturday as well. Bad weather. But uh, what are you going to do? It's going to be good to be out there regardless. Shabba Dome. That's why I'm going to Arizona. Yep. So for Chris Tannehill, at Chris Tannehill on Twitter, Herb Lawrence, Ecknerwall23 on Twitter. Our show is at Locked on Socks. We appreciate you guys listening to our show. We didn't make it number one this week, but damn it, we're next no, week we're, we're going to make it number two. one. Yeah, we're number two behind the Dodgers. Goddamn Dodgers, because they've been good. They've been like on a winning streak, but we're better than them. We, we as a fan base are better than the Dodgers. <laughs> the fucking Dodgers are not good. Sorry, Tegna, I can't stop swearing. You let it slip again. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Find me. Oh, no, don't, don't, say, find don't me. say that. Yeah. Pay, pay Come, me my money. Pay me my money, Tegna. That's coming Shut out up of, and pay me my money. That's coming out of your rent. <laughs> <laughs>
so for Chris Danhill, my name is Herb Lawrence. Thank you for joining us this week, and I hope to see you guys at the ballpark soon. And have a great weekend on Locked on Socks.